Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Now, God is a covenant-keeping God. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. Whenever the terms of His covenant is met, God will, will uh, absolutely and definitely respond positively to us. Whenever the terms of the covenant is met, God is committed to respond to us. His integrity will ensure that He will respond. In fact, Psalms 89 verse 34 says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. You see that? My covenant I will not break. God will never break His covenant. Everybody say out loud with me. Say, my God God. is a covenant-keeping God. So as long as the earth remains, as long as the sun is shining, the moon is in the sky, every one of God's covenant will be intact and is enforced. So if we have a revelation of this, if we really, really have a clear, clear conviction of the veracity of this, we will enjoy a lifetime of answered prayer. We will enjoy a lifetime where all our prayers are answered, answered, answered every time. James chapter 4 verse 1 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war and yet you do not have because you do not ask. So why is it that we don't have prayer answers? Because we don't pray. We don't ask God for it. But look at verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasure. So why don't we have miracles in our lives? Why don't we have breakthroughs upon breakthroughs when our God is definitely a covenant-keeping God? Because we don't know how to pray. We ask amiss. We are missing it altogether. We are missing out on this privilege because we don't know how. We got it all wrong. That's what the the, the Bible is trying to tell us. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything, we ask what? Anything. According to His will, He hears us. Notice, we can ask our God about anything, for anything, but it must be according to His will. God is totally committed to hearing us and answering us, but we must pray according to how He has laid it for us in His Holy Scripture, how God has put it down for us in the Word then we won't miss it. Then we won't get it wrong. Verse 15, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, again, you can ask anything, whatever. You can freely make known your desire to God. And I promise you this, God is not going to get upset. We just got to ensure we are asking according to His will. And we know that we have the petitions that we are asked of Him. Now, according to the NIV, we will have what we are asking for. 
the Berean Study Bible says, we will already possess whatever we're asking. If we ask according to His prescribed way, He hears us and He will speedily answer our prayers. And that is what we want. Many of us here today, we have a lot of needs in our personal lives concerning our future, concerning the people we love. I mean, corporately, we have a lot of desires that we, we bring to God concerning our church and our future as a people. And I pray that God will quickly, quickly answer. I pray that God will speedily, speedily answer because we are not asking wrongly. We are not asking amiss, but we are asking according to how He has prescribed in His Word. So, we can have an access to an open heaven, right? Now, let me give you an example. I'm an honorary board member of Dr. Cho's Church Grove International. Now, um, this is one of the longest ministerial fellowships in the world and possibly one of the, the more important ones. Now, one of the board members representing Indonesia is Dr. Jakob Nahue. Dr. Nahue is 68 years old this year. He's turning 69 soon, but he's 68. And he's the senior pastor and founder of a very, very powerful church, the 16,000-member, 16,000-member uh, GBI Mara Sharon in Jakarta. Now, this church is a very influential congregation, and it has many, many branch churches throughout Indonesia and all over Europe. Earlier this year, Dr. Nahue was ministering in Sianta, that is three hours' drive from Medan. And suddenly, he had a physical collapse. He blacked out. So he was ministering, and he collapsed. They rushed him to the local hospital, and they found out that one of his kidneys had failed. It was only functioning at 10%. Now, our kidneys are needed to filter waste and to remove excess water from our blood in the form of urine. So our kidneys are very important. If a kidney is functioning at 10% or below, that means it is barely functioning or not functioning at all. That means it is failing. Now, of course, they put Dr. Nahue immediately on the dialysis, but he was getting weaker by the day. They moved him from hospital to hospital, and eventually they brought him to Mount E here in Singapore. Since June, a few months ago, he stopped ministering. His son has taken over all his preaching duties in the church. And they were frantically searching for donors for a kidney transplant to save his life. Now, so he was in a terrible shape. At the same time, in fact, his family told me one of the reasons why he blacked out and fell, his blood sugar level, now listen to this, his blood sugar level was over 900 milligrams per deciliter. Now, when, when it's above 600, it's already dangerous. He was at 900. It was already a miracle that he was not in a coma and have died. So he was in a critical stage. But you know what? Dr. Nahue and his wife really believe, really, really believe in Jesus Christ for miracle healing. So while they were fighting for his life, looking for a donor, trying to save him, his entire family, Dr. Jacob, his wife, his son, daughter-in-law, even his grandchildren, I believe one, 
uh, is seven, another is nine. They all started praying, crying out to God, asking the Lord for a miracle. Just last week, just last week, right hot off the press, the specialist here at Mount E suddenly went to him and said, Doctor, good news. Your kidney is now totally healthy. You don't need a kidney transplant. You don't even need dialysis. You're totally healthy right now. Now listen. Wait, 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 wait. His blood sugar level, 900, right? In a few months, it had dropped to less than 100 to the normal healthy range. Now I say this because sometimes in Singapore, and we have one of the worst kidney failure rates in the world, and sometimes we, we feel very discouraged when we got to go through dialysis and we are thinking we got to go through this for the rest of our lives. I'm sharing this to let you know that if you pray to God for a miracle, I mean, what, what have we got to lose? When we pray and put our faith, God can work a miracle. Even a failed kidney can come back to life again. Oh, come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. This is what God can do when we pray. Turn to your neighbors and say, God can work miracles when you pray. So let me share with you some keys that will empower our prayers to be answered. See, what we want is not just praying. We want to ensure our prayers are answered. Otherwise, it's just a religious duty. I mean, the, the power of praying is not in the praying. The power of praying is God meeting our needs, right? So keys that will commit God to hearing us. So I'm going to share with you a few keys. For God to hear us, we must, number one, pray from the heart. you got to pray from your heart. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7 says, For God does not look like man looks. Man looks at the outward, but God looks into the heart. So we must pray from the heart for God to hear us. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Listen to what God is saying. You can't find me if you search for me with all your head. You can't find me just by the eloquence of your mouth. You will only find me with all your heart. And God is saying, I want all your heart. Listen, brothers and sisters, God wants all your heart. You see, our, our head, all our education, our head knowledge, our human reasoning, our experiences, they are too small to commune or engage with God. Too small. The only thing that will bring us right into His presence is our spirit, is our heart. Only our spirit has the capacity to touch God and to commune with Him and communicate with Him. So our spirit, our soul, our heart must fully engage with God in our prayers. Isaiah 26 and verse 9. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Notice, not your head. Not the eloquence of your mouth. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So if we seek for God with all our heart, we will. It's guaranteed. You will find Him. And then your prayers 
or your, the answers to your prayers are certain. They are sure. You will get a response, a positive one from the Lord. Psalm 73, verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth that I desire beside you. So we got to come to the place. We say, God, I have no one to turn to except you. Jesus, you are my final stop. You are my final port of call. You are my final MRT station. You are my final bus stop. Jesus, I have no other place to go. And I'm looking to you for a miracle. I'm searching for you because nobody else could help me except you. See, my flesh and my heart fail, verse 26. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You see this? God moves in the heart. God moves in the heart, not in your head, not in the eloquence of your words. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So God is looking around for those whose heart is in the right place. Your heart is engaged with his. Jeremiah 30, verse 21. And, and I shared this with you last week before Pastor Phil took the stage. For the King James Bible, it says, And their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. And then God asks a question. For who is this that engage his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God? See, when our heart is fully engaged to the Lord, to Jesus, then our lives will explode with powerful testimonies. Because people everywhere, they're going to look at you, they say, how do, how do you have this miracle? How do you have this breakthrough in your project, in your family, regarding your future? How did this happen? Surely your God is real. And you are His people. God says when we engage our hearts toward Him, the whole world, our friends, our relatives, our loved ones, our cell group, the whole world will know He is our God and we are His people. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big clap. Let's engage our heart with God's this morning. Let's do it this morning. We are either standing or sitting here correctly or we're missing it. We're getting it all wrong. Let's not play around with God this morning. If you must find Him today, if you need a healing miracle, a financial breakthrough, you need a miracle in your home, in your life, in your marriage, if you must find Him, then this morning make a decision. You're going to engage your heart right here, right now. You're going to seek Him fully. And then your vision will become clear all the afflictions you have will drop off. And then the bondage that you've been carrying will be broken. You need to make a decision. You are not going to carry all the negatives and all the problems into another month. 
I mean, look, you've been carrying it. Why carry it for another month? Why not believe that this week, today, this morning, our miracle will get the answer that we want? We've been praying and we're going to get an answer today. Oh, come on, go ahead and give the Lord a big hand. Proverbs 16 and verse 1. One more verse and then we move on. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answers of the tongue is from the Lord. The preparation of the heart belongs to you. The answer comes from God. We do our part, God will do His part. You engage, you're going to get the prayer answers. All right, for God to hear us. Number two, we must pray according to His Word. You got to pray according to what He has said in the Holy Scripture. See, whatever situation you're going through right now, no matter what you're going through, you got to locate what the Bible has written concerning the subject matter of your life. What has been written in the Word concerning what you're going through right now? Now, this is a very major key. If we want to change our life story, you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You are sick and tired of how your life is, is, is unfolding. Then you got to locate what is written in the Bible concerning your issue. God is 100% committed to the Word. Now, let, let me say this. He could be 50% committed to our ambitions. He could be 70% committed to what we like and what we don't like. But when it comes to His Word, He's 100%. Jesus Christ Himself says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will by no means pass away. You have the most important gift in this life, the Word of God. So if God says in His Word that He wants to heal you, you will be healed. If God says in His Word that He will bless you will find provision. If God says in His Word that you will have deliverance, you will be delivered. If God says in His Word, I mean, whatever it is, that He will restore, you will find restoration. God cannot deny what He has said. God cannot deny Himself. No matter what our circumstances is, 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, he cannot deny himself. He just can't. He cannot deny his word. He cannot say, I didn't say that. He cannot say, I don't know. I don't. Somebody wrote it. I don't know, not me. <laughs> God can't. You know what, friends? God cannot lie. Then it's Titus 1 verse 2. It is impossible for him to lie. If God could lie, he's no longer God. He just cannot do it. He cannot deny His Word. He cannot lie when it comes to what He has said. And we serve a living Savior that has won every single battle in life. He has triumphed over them all. You know what that means when we are faced with a life situation, with a battle that we are grappling with. We got to bring the Word of God back to Him. We got to tell God, Lord, you have said you can't deny yourself. You cannot lie. Let it be to me according to your word. So when we pray, 
we must bring back to Him everything it was written or it is written in the Word concerning the issues that we are fighting with. Now, God says in Isaiah 43, put me in remembrance. That means remind me of the commitment I have made. Remind me what I've said. Now, let's read the entire verse, okay? Isaiah 43, verse 26. Can we all read this together? Everybody in this arena, say together right now. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Now, when I read this verse, it talks about contending, stating your case, you will get an acquittal. I said, OMG. God is using very legal terms. You know, and, and, and hear, hear me. For somebody that has been in the longest court trial in Singapore legal history, it sounds very familiar to me. You know, God is using very legal terms to explain why we must put Him in remembrance. Because you realize one thing, I realize one thing, let me tell you. In the court of law anywhere, Every case is decided according to a precedent. In other words, a precedent is a prior judgment years ago that established a rule or a principle. So when lawyers argue before the judges, they remind the judges what was already stated, what was already decided previously. Now, that is in the, the call of the law of the world. Now, how much more in heaven's court? God says he's the, he's the righteous judge. He's the heavenly father. God is the judge of all judges. God says, you got to tell me what is the precedent. Tell me what did I state previously. Put me in remembrance what I've said in the Word, and you can contend your case, and I will decide if you should get an acquittal. So if you think that you deserve something, did I commit myself to that subject matter? Where is it? Where did I say it? Where is that precedent? Tell me the chapter and verse. What did I say exactly? Tell me word for word, right? How did I rule previously? How did I judge previously? What exactly did I do? State your case that you may be acquitted. Let me give an example. You want to be married. You're single. Yesterday, Pastor Aris talked of a miracle of a guy being unattached for five years. And finally, he got attached and it was a miracle. Man, five years. I know some of you want to be attached for the last 20 years. Right? And so you say, God, I don't feel I'm called to be a celibate. I don't, I don't feel I'm called to be single. I don't feel I'm called to, uh, into celibacy. God, I want to be married. So God said, well, why should I give you a husband? Why should I give you a wife? Did I commit myself to get you married? You said, yes, Lord, you did. Show me chapter and verse. So, Proverbs 18, verse 22, you say, but God, look, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. God is in your word. 
See, what it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. In the redemption, Father, as a Christian, as a child of God, favor is my heritage. And part of favor is I will find a husband, I will find a wife. I didn't say it, you said it. And chapter and verse, Psalm 68 verse 6, God says a solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Lord Jesus, you want me to have a family. You say it so in your word. You don't want me to be alone. Right? Psalm 68 verse 6. It's a scriptural precedent. Jesus, you are committed. You can't deny yourself. You are not a liar. It's impossible for you to say something and you don't mean it and you don't do it. So I thank you right now. I praise you, Jesus. My husband, my wife is on the way, gift wrapped, and going to be brought into my presence, and I am going to get married and have a wonderful family. Oh, come on, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big clap. That is how you take God at His word. Yeah, I know some of you are nudging your neighbor, say, listen to that. That's true. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. That's how you take God at His word. Listen, you don't take God at His, you, you don't just come before God and cry all the time. <laughs> boo hoo, sob, 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 sob. Nobody wins a case in court by crying. Ah, oh, judge, not fair, not fair, not fair. Nobody wins a case by crying. You win a case by showing the precedent. You win a case with the Lord. You contend with Him according to the Word. And Satan, the accuser of the brethren, he's going to come at you. He's going to say, no, 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 no. No healing. No husband. No wife. No family. No deliverance. No provision. No restoration. No new job. No great future. No, no, no. That's what he's good at. The devil is, no, no. So he will come at you and tell you, no, 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 a million times. No breakthroughs, no revival. You got to go to the court of heaven and say like Jesus. How did Jesus do it? It is written. Father, it is written. This book is the constitution of heaven. It is written. By his stripes, I am healed. Healing is mine. It is written, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. You want to clap? Let's give God a big clap. You find treachery everywhere around you, betrayal, heartache, heart pain, fear. You say, it is written. My God shall prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He will anoint my head with oil. My cup will run over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is written. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. We argue our victory based on the word. Isaiah 41 verse 21. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the King of Jacob. Now notice, not just reasons. Your strong 
reasons. You pray according to what is written. Because what is written is binding on God, on Him. So for God to hear us, number three, you got to pray with faith in the name. Faith in the name. The name of Jesus is the covenant access code. I mean, these days, you, you know, you want to access anything, you got to have the access code, right? And sometimes they send it back to you in your text, in your SMS. You want to go and check your CPF, how much? Access code. You want to check your bank account, access code. And well, it's the same here. This is the password. The name of Jesus is the password we use to invoke God's covenant promises. John 14, verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Can you see it again? Whatever you ask, you can ask whatever, but you must be asked in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus says, verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. This is Jesus himself speaking. This is not just a preacher. This is not just a charismatic pastor. This is Jesus Christ himself saying, you can ask anything in my name. Oh, what a wonderful Jesus, right? It says in John 16, verse 22, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will, not you may, but you will receive, that your joy may be full. So what is Jesus Christ saying to you and I? Go ahead, ask. What have you got to lose? Put your faith in me. I'm guaranteeing you answers so that your joy may be full. We have a member, Chris, who attends cell group W337. Oh, okay, praise God. We have the cell group members here. Yes, man, the members must have got to both services. Yesterday I mentioned him and people start clapping too, you know. 15 years ago, Chris was diagnosed with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. First time I heard of this. I never heard of this before. Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. It's a heart disorder, a heart disease. So I went to check up and I, I, I went to Google and find out what is WPW, Wolf Parkinson White. And then I realized this. You see, our heart, we all need electrical signals to keep the heart beating at a regular beat. We need electrical uh, uh, um, pulses and signals. When you got white uh, Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, your heart is beating irregularly and the signal can go very fast. So sometimes your heart can short circuit and it beats so fast, dum, 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 and then your heart failed. And there are people that have died. So 15 years ago, he was diagnosed with this, couldn't really serve national service as an active infantry soldier. And he kind of, Chris kind of said, this is my lot in life. This is how I'm going to be. It's a chronic sickness. There's no cure for this. Well, you can imagine, Chris's heart's desire is for the healing of his heart. 
But the strange thing is, he prayed for everyone. Prayed for his family, prayed for other people's needs. He never prayed for himself, for his own healing. Jesus says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Why don't you just ask that your joy will be full? So earlier this year, in one of our services, and I was praying for people getting you to release your faith and believe God for healing. Those of you who had disease, put your hands on your heart. Chris decided to put his hands on his heart and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, heal me. Heal my heart. I believe for the first time, he said, he prayed for the healing of his own heart disorder. Shortly after that, he went for his regular checkup. His regular doctor checked him out. Surprise! He said, hey, you have no more Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Now, wait, wait. He was shocked. He went for a second opinion. The second doctor said, you have no white, uh, uh, Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Now, Chris decided, I want to be very sure, he's a very careful guy, very careful. He went for a third opinion. This time, the doctor put a tube down from his leg up into his heart to check. After two hours of operation, you have no white, uh, wolf, white, uh, wolf Parkinson white syndrome. Come on, let's give God a big clap. Totally healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big hand. What did Jesus say? One more time, one more time. What did Jesus say? Verse 24, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, till your joy may be full. But I want to tell you one thing. It is not just invoking the name. It's using the name with faith. Otherwise, it's just a religious way of ending a prayer. Oh, blah, 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 blah in Jesus' name, amen. You don't think about it. You don't have faith in it. It's just a religious thing that you learn to do as a Christian. It's not going to work. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, Peter, in healing the lame man by the gate called Beautiful, he said, in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, notice what I say, and his name through faith in his name. Through what? Faith in his name. Through what? Faith in his name. One more time. Through what? Faith in his name. Faith in the name of Jesus has made this man whole. The emphasis here is faith, not just the name. If faith is injected into the name of Jesus, you will get prayer answers. If faith is injected in the name of Jesus, you will empower that name to deliver. When you pray in the name, now listen, when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, His full name. Because Jesus Christ means the anointed one. And it is the anointing that will break the bondage and the yoke of Satan the devil. Don't just pray in Jesus' name. Pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Acts 3 verse 16, Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Rise up and walk. When we pray, put Christ into the name. You see, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is the tip of the nuclear warhead when you want to come against the powers of darkness. That's the tip. Jesus Christ. Acts 9.34, Peter said to him, and in uh, uh, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. Jesus the Christ. Acts 16, verse 18, And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly anointed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. He came out the very hour. See, I have learned over the years, over the years. See, the last two, three years, I realized miracles are happening more in my ministry than ever before in all the years combined together because I'm learning to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the sickness, go right now. And the anointing of the Christ will break every yoke. Every believer, every Christian in this arena this morning has the name of Jesus Christ as our redemptive power and force. And we carry it with us every day. You must use it. You must use it. Engage the name of Jesus Christ in faith to get your prayer answers. There is great, great power in that name. Now, last week, Pastor Phil Pringle was in church and how many of you enjoyed last week's service? It was a wonderful service, right? It really lifted us up. But Pastor Phil, he shared privately with Son and I about how he came to preach about praise. So he was on his way to, to Singapore. He was in Europe on the way to church, to, to our church, City Harvest Church. And he was wondering, God, why am I going to preach? And he had a powerful encounter with the Lord in his hotel room. Thank God, you know. Peter was going to Cornelius' house, and before that, he had a powerful encounter. So that means God is really, God really loves us, you know, and he's preparing the preacher to bring his word. And so he was in his hotel room. So when he was there praying, oh God, why am I going to preach? Why am I going to preach? Father, why am I going to preach? Suddenly, he felt the sound of the flapping of wings. And he realized there's angels in the room. He heard the sound and he felt wind in his room. He turned around and there was a giant angel. Now, this is the fourth time he has seen angels with his eyes open. Three times he saw them about his height. This one was three times his size. And the moment he realized there's an angel, boom, he was translated to another realm. He was in a heavenly dimension. So Pastor Phil was sharing with son and I and said that he suddenly realized this was a, a giant angel, a powerful angel. And he was very strong. And this angel had a spiritual heavenly cord connected to him. Everywhere he moved, this angel followed him. It's like his personal warrior guardian angel. And then he asked the Lord, he said, God, what exactly, why, what is this thing that is connecting me to this angel? He said, that is my covenant promise to you. Every time I want to bring something into your life, a blessing into your life, this angel is the messenger. And he's forever connected to you. He's a personal warring uh, uh, guardian angel. Now, so, but that's not the main point. 
how did he end up talking about praise? Pastor Phil was sharing that he suddenly realized this huge, powerful angel that followed him everywhere, he was not very impressed about anything. He is just, you know, he's very objective. He's not impressed. He's there to serve the purpose of God. But he realized the moment he started praising, the angel get energized. The angel get motivated. The angel get excited. So he, he started wanting to praise God. But he, so he's saying, oh God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. And he said he felt for the first time his prayer was so weak. It was like one part in a hundred part juice. The syrup is very diluted. So he was praising, praising. And the angel wasn't very impressed. And then God said to him, why don't you praise and lift up the name of my son, Jesus Christ? And he started praising Jesus. Jesus, I lift you up. Jesus, you are my savior, my healer. Jesus, you're the soon coming king. Jesus, God has put everything under your feet. You're seated in the heavenly places above every principality, power, and might. Jesus, I worship you. I lift you higher, Jesus. Every time he lifted the name of Jesus, the angels get excited and the angels get empowered and energized and motivated. And the angels started moving on his behalf. And then one verse came to his mind. Ephesians 5 verse 2. It says, And we walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, Jesus Christ is the eternal offering, the eternal sacrifice that's sweet-smelling before God. He's forever the sacrifice. So when we praise God, we can, you know, a lot of the songs that we sing, Pastor Phil was telling me, uh, he suddenly realized, many of us, oh God, I love you. God, you know, I lay down my life for you. God, you know, I will follow you. God, me, me, me. Me, see, see, I love you. How, see how much I love you? There's no one that loves you more than I love you. God, it's me, it's me, it's me. And we are not Jesus enough centered. Jesus is the eternal sacrifice. It's always sweet smelling to God. The Bible says, Jesus himself said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So he started lifting up the name of Jesus and lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're the center. Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. And the angels get empowered. And that's why he came here wanting to preach about praise, about lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, if you love Jesus, why don't you give him a big hand? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and give God a big clap. Can we decide, can we decide this morning, City Harvest Church, let's praise the name of Jesus more. You know, let's not try to impress God by how worshipful we are. Let's praise the name, let's impress God by how much we love and honor Jesus. Let's praise the greatness of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. Let us worship Jesus in the beauty of His holiness. There is tremendous power in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God will hear us. How? Number four, when we pray boldly and not timidly. When we pray boldly. So let us come boldly. 
not baggily, not fearfully. Let's come boldly to in the presence of God, right? Not with doubt and fear. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Come on, let's all read this together starting now. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, I want to read this to you from the Amplified. It's beautiful. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to our sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. How many of you like God to come through just when we need it? Amen. Now, it talks about grace and mercy. Now, you heard me say this before. Grace is God giving us the good things we don't deserve. You and I don't deserve salvation. But by grace through faith, He gives us the good things we don't deserve. Mercy is the other side. God not giving us the bad things we deserve. Right? You know, you, you've been smoking all your life. And then as a result, you got COPD. You got lung cancer. And God heals you. You deserve to have lung cancer. He's not going to give you the bad things you deserve. You know, you, you mess around and, and get into gambling, get into debt. And God's coming through for you. You should be bankrupt. But God not giving you the bad things you deserve. That's mercy. So grace and mercy, that means even if we are badly messed up in our lives, in our marriage, in our career, in our ministry, in everything that we do, even if we mess up, God still wants us to come boldly into His presence because of His righteousness. Because of His righteousness. All right? Now, see, that's why Jesus is our Savior. He's, how is He going to be our Savior? If only we are perfect, then we don't need Him to be our Savior. He's our Savior because when we messed up, He's here to save. He's a wonderful Heavenly Father because even when we messed up, we are still His children. So we must come boldly to the throne of grace with total confidence and total consciousness of our righteousness in Christ. Everybody say out loud with me. Say, in Christ. Say, in Christ Jesus, I'm totally righteous. So every time you are facing a life's battle, God gives us the righteousness of Christ as our protection covering, as our protective covering. We have that righteousness, all right? Isaiah 54 verse 17. Look, at, look over here. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. The righteousness is from who? From God. Right? That means you have His righteousness for conquest. You have His righteousness for prayer answers. Now, the question here is this. God says, look, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every judgment you shall condemn. You say, oh, Isaiah 54, 
the people of God must be so perfect. They must be walking in such holiness and consecration. They're all out for God. And God is so well pleased with them. And God say, oh, well done, well done. Now, because of your consecration, because of your perfection, you're so blameless before me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Is that the case? You know, when you go and read Isaiah 53, 54, you are shocked. In fact, Isaiah 54, you look at the first part, you'll be shocked. Israel, the people of God, had been an unfaithful wife. God said, you were unfaithful. They had been worshipping idols. They were backslidden. And as a result, they opened a big door, an opportunity for the enemies to disgrace them and shame them. Not a very good wife. Not a very good follower of God. But you know what? Despite of our lives, God is the faithful husband. You may have messed up. God is always faithful because God cannot deny himself. God can never lie. God loves us with an everlasting love. So here you see, they have opened the door for the devil to attack them. They have given opportunity for the enemy to shame and disgrace them. And yet God says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every judgment and accusation hurled at you, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And you know why? Not because you're so good. And your righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Oh, come on, let's give God a big hand. Let's give God a big hand. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, let me explain. This is like a father, a father. How many of you in this room here this morning, you are a father? Can you just wave both hands? I see both hands. Oh, wonderful fathers. So you know what I mean. And mothers, you understand too. You're rushing to the hospital. Your son is in critical condition because he was reckless in his driving. He was driving, speeding, and had a car crash. And to top it off, he took your car without your permission. You were sleeping. He went to the Keys, wanted to go out with his friends. He went at 150 kilometers along the expressway, crashed into the car. Now he's fighting for his life in a critical condition in the hospital. As a father, what will you do? You go to the hospital. You are nervous. You are worried. You want your son to be saved. Right? I can tell you this. No father going to the hospital will ever think of his wrongs and his mistakes. You're not going to look at the ICU and say, you deserve to die, you naughty boy. I'm so disappointed with you. You, speed, you spat so much. You took the keys. No father would think that way. All he could think of was, my son, my son, my son, my son, please wake up. Daddy is here. Daddy loves you. Wake up, wake up. Praying for you. Daddy loves you. Wake up, my boy. That's what he would think. The son messed up, yeah. All the problems, all the messiness, the mistakes are forgotten for that moment. He is just wanting the boy to be saved and delivered from this mess. And when the boy is well, then he'll deal with him. <laughs> so it's like that. 
Ah boy, ah, my see, my see, my see. And then bossy, let's see Gina. Ah, yeah. That's how God works. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, correct. Now he just wants his son to be well. It is the same with God. No matter what you have done, no matter what, how messed up you are, this is not the time to deal with it. When you're in a crisis, you're still his beloved and you must engage his righteousness. This is your heritage as a child of God, as a servant of the Lord, no matter how messed up you are, this is your heritage. Oh, go ahead and praise God. Hallelujah. No, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Our righteousness in God, in Christ, guarantees us the confidence, that fearlessness, that boldness to draw near to the throne of grace and say, God, help me. God, help us. See, Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. How many lions of God do we have here today? How many lions of God? Just wave your hand. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a lion of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good all the time. All the time. So as a good father, God doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves when we are down and out. God doesn't leave us to take care of ourselves when we are all messed up. That's not the behavior and the character of a good father. So why don't we believe by faith? Everybody say aloud. Let's just, you know, the Bible say no weapon and every judgment and false accusation you shall condemn. Let's, let's bring it to the devil right now. Everybody say aloud. Say Satan, Amen. I have the righteousness of Christ. I will approach the throne with, uh, I will approach the throne with boldness. I come against all demonic attacks against my life. I come against every accusation and condemnation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning is my victory. Today is the day of my encounter. Today I will walk in my freedom and liberty. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him praise. What a wonderful Father we serve. So what have you learned? Four things, right? Four things. If you don't want to miss it, don't get it wrong. Number one, pray from your heart. Number two, pray from the Word. Number three, pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And number four, what is the fourth thing? Pray boldly, boldly. Now, I will continue this message next week. But what's interesting is this, and, and I wasn't 100% sure I was going to share this, but yesterday in our service, it, we had such a prophetic atmosphere. Everything everybody was saying from, from the song leader, from Mark's song leading, to son prophesying, which she didn't know what I was preaching, and, and even to Pastor Aris coming up to encourage the people in their giving, everything was saying, Kong, you better say it, you better say it. So I'm going to say it. Do you know that we 
are in the final day of the 70th Jubilee. Today is the final week, final day of the final week of the 70th Jubilee. Everybody say Jubilee. Jubilee. The Bible says that every 50th year is the year of Jubilee. And the word Jubilee means, it means uh, shouts of joy and victory. Why are you shouting for joy and victory? Because on the 50th year, God decreed every debt that you owe is cancelled. Every bondage is broken. Everyone will go free into their liberty, into their freedom. It's a year of restoration. It's a year of redemption. Full freedom. Now, the biblical calendar actually started in 1416 to 1417 BC. So, today is the final day of the 70th Jubilee, 3,500 years later. Now, all throughout history, it seems like every time there is a, a Jubilee year, something significant happens in the body of Christ to the people of God. Now, let me give you some example. Ten Jubilees ago, in 1517, the Reformation brought freedom to Europe. The gospel, the preaching of the gospel was restored. Martin Luther came and said, the just shall live by faith. 1517, 10 jubilees ago. Two jubilees ago, in 1917, England, in the Balfour Declaration, gave freedom to the Jews to go back to Israel. So they have the Holy Land for the first time in almost 2,000 years. Two jubilees ago. One jubilee ago in 1967, 50 years ago, Israel got the restoration of Jerusalem for the first time in 2,000 years. Now, is it coincidence? Now, let me say this. As Christians, especially as City Harvest members, we are not superstitious. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you are not superstitious, yeah. Yeah. So neither do we as New Covenant Christians Neither do we go back to the Old Testament feasts and festivals and Sabbath. We, we, we are really not into that as, as a church here in City Harvest. But we cannot deny the fact that our God is the God of times and seasons. That God works according to a divine timetable. We cannot deny factually we are not just in the final week of the Jubilee, of the 70th Jubilee, we are in the final day. In fact, in six hours' time, the Jubilee will be over. 70, 70th Jubilee. 70 is the number of freedom. 70th Jubilee means double freedom, freedom, freedom. Just like two days ago, you saw a double rainbow. <laughs> but we are not. Whether or not this 70th Jubilee has any prophetic significance, we, we can speculate. We don't know. But we should nonetheless declare this weekend, this today, this morning, we must declare. Because in Christ, we're always free. In Christ, we're always redeemed. But all the more, on the 70th Jubilee of this God of times and season, we must declare that God wants us to be free. God wants us to be delivered. 
that we are the head and not the tail, that God will bring us into our possession. We are restored. So yesterday, last night at 6 a.m., 6 p.m., it started. So I got everybody declare. So why don't we declare? Why have we got to lose? Everybody, hold your neighbor's hands on your left and right. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, name. I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm redeemed. All my debts are canceled. The money will come. The healing will come. Full deliverance will come. Say, I'm greatly blessed. Highly favored. This the year of my promotion. This the year of my elevation. This the year of my dominion. Oh, you believe that? Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. Wow. 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 I felt that. The power of God. I felt that. So what happens tonight? Tonight, Sunday night at 6 p.m., 2nd October, is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So their New Year starts tonight. It is, how do, how do the Jews, I mean, how do they celebrate the New Year? It's the anniversary, according to tradition, it's the anniversary of the creation of Adam and Eve. Okay, this is how they celebrate the New Year. They time it to the creation of Adam and Eve. Now, it is also the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets means a time of shouting, a time of praise, a time of blasting, like what you did just now. In this season, when we as a church are going through a very severe crisis and we need a miracle from God, in line of everything we have learned in this last few months concerning fasting, concerning prayer, concerning praise. So this coming week, we are declaring, decreeing a three-day, 72 hours of fasting, prayer, and praise from Friday 6 a.m., Friday morning 6 a.m. to Monday morning 6 a.m. Three days, 72 hours, we're going to fast, we're going to pray and intercede for this church. And we are also going to praise because praise brings God into our situation. So we're going to do that. So I'm counting on, on the praise and worship team. Now, what happened was this. A few days ago, God spoke to me and like in the days of Esther, the people of God were facing total annihilation. The devil had an evil plot against the, the people of God. So Esther gathered everybody and told them to fast and to pray for three days and three nights. That's Esther 4 verse 16. And then she will go to the king and pour her burden and intercede for deliverance of God's people. Now, this is what we're going to do, all right? So, as we go through this challenging time, I just felt that we need to do the same. Let us fast and pray and praise next Friday, 6 a.m. to Monday, 6 a.m. Now, listen, I'm not legalistic about the fasting, right? You, you know, some of you, you cannot fast. So, maybe you, you like to just drink soup. Some of you uh, could fast one meal. Some of you could fast 
two meals. Some of you want to go for a Daniel fast. That's fine. But some of you may want to join me. Three days, full fasting. Only water. We are just going to fast from 6 a.m. Friday to Monday, 6 a.m. And we'll have round-the-clock prayers. Now, at two-hour time slots. So every two hours, somebody will be leading the church in praying. Now, we're going to do this according to the zones, all right? The cell group zones. You can, you can go to our website and check the timings with your zone supervisor. Now, the first one, on Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., Sun and I, we're going to do it. And it's already full. So I will start off. And then the last one, Monday, 4 to 6, y'all just go ahead and sleep. Let pastor pray. So me and son, and, and that time slot is already full. Okay, we're going to pray together, right? But I want to invite you to join us for some of the bigger time uh, prayer slots. We have four. On Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m., I'm going to preach a short sermon. I'm going to finish up this thing on prayer. And 8 to 10, we're going to go to Suntec Hall 606, the Chinese church hall, and we're going to pray there. And then 10 to 12 midnight, another group will pray there. So we take turns. And I'll be leading the 8 to 10 one. Next Sunday after service, 2 to 4 p.m., we're going to pray here. So after you go and fellowship with all your friends, we're going to come back here and pray. And then 4 to 6, Sunday Hall 606, a smaller meeting room. Now, these four slots are open to the whole church. The rest, if you're interested, you check with the zone uh, supervisors and the pastors. Join us for this all-important three days of prayer, fasting, and praise. Anyhow, it's going to be next week. But today, on this last, you see right now it's 12 o'clock. We have six more hours to go. In these final hours of the final week of Jubilee, 70th Freedom, Freedom, Jubilee. Why don't we believe God for miracles in our lives? Why don't we believe today, not next week, today, our personal miracles will happen. Amen, amen. Let's all stand up on our feet right now. Let's just start by praying. Let's just start by praying. Oh, hallelujah. Today is a day of miracles. All your debts are cancelled. It's a day of restoration. It's a day of redemption. It's a day of your salvation. It's a day of your miracle. I declare today is a day of your healing. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's pray from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Jesus Christ is here to heal, to deliver, to bless, to provide, to rescue, to save. Now this is what we're going to do. In a moment, I'm going to pray corporately for all those of you that need a breakthrough in different areas of your life. But this morning, I want to ask all, I want to pray for miracle, miraculous healing. I want all the cell group leaders, I want all the full-time church workers, I want all the church board members, I want you to come to the front, form a line right now. We're going to pray for healing. Whether it's a big sickness, a small sickness, Jesus says, until now you ask nothing in my name. Ask. Ask for your healing. And your joy will be full. You know why? Because in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your body is going to have soundness and wholeness. Your body is going to be made whole this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are sick in your body, if you got uh, uh, cancer in your body, Jesus can heal lung cancer. Jesus is going to heal cancer this morning. Jesus can heal uh, cancer in your stomach, colorectal cancer. Jesus can heal that. 
Jesus can heal cancer in the prostate, cancer in the pancreas. Jesus can heal cancer in the ovaries. Cervical cancer is no problem for Jesus Christ. Jesus can heal leukemia and lymphoma. Thank you, Jesus. We trust in you. The name of the Lord Jesus. Every tumor will go in the name of Jesus Christ. Whether is it malignant, is it cancerous, or is it benign? Let's believe God today. Your cancer, your tumor is going to drop off on your body. It's going to drop off. It's going to dissolve. It's going to go away in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus can heal throat cancer. Jesus can heal nose cancer. Jesus can heal cancer and tumors in the brain that is inoperable. Jesus can heal heart disease. If you've got a heart disorder, if you've got high blood pressure, you've got sugar diabetes, arthritis, Jesus can heal them all. Jesus can heal asthma. Jesus can heal eczema. Those of you that have organ failure, liver failure, kidney failure, Jesus can heal you just as He has healed Dr. Jacob Nahue. Sugar diabetes, your, your diabetes, your sugar level is very high on a dangerous level. Jesus can heal you this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's live up the name of Jesus. Jesus can heal migraine headaches, chronic migraine headaches. Jesus can heal it. He can heal skin disease. Azima, Jesus is able to heal eye problem, glaucoma, cataract. Jesus can heal hearing problem. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ is able to heal depression. If you are suicidal today, if the devil is condemning you, no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. Every accusation against you, you shall condemn. This is your heritage. As a servant of God, as a child of the Lord, Jesus can heal. Listen, all those that have sickness in your body, all the sicknesses I mentioned or I didn't mention, today, when we sing this song from the beginning, I want you to, to quickly come to the front. And I want all the pastors, all the church workers, all the cell group leaders, all the board members, I want you to ask them, what exactly is wrong? Now listen, I need you to pray and I need you to engage your heart. Don't pray from your head. Doesn't matter how the person look. The person may be in a wheelchair. Don't look at the wheelchair. Pray from your heart. And I want you to declare the word, state your case, claim the scriptures. I want you to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And put faith in that name. I want you to pray boldly and command the sickness to go and command healing to come. As we sing, I want you to come right now. Just come forward right now. All those that need healing, just come, 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 come. All those that, that have cancer, sickness, chronic disease, just come right now. Just come right now from the front to the back, just come. Mark, just go ahead and lead us in songs right now. Hallelujah. Everybody just worship Jesus. It's moving here in front of me. Moving here in front of me. The one who made the death to hear. Is silencing my everything. Silencing my everything. The one who does impossible.
cancer to go in the name of Jesus. I command every chronic disease, go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. Today is the day of your salvation. God sent His Word to heal your disease. None of the sickness of the Egyptians of the world will come upon you. Not one of you will be feeble or weak. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, be healed, be healed, be healed. In the name of Jesus, stretch your hands, pray in tongues right now. I command every sickness, spirit of infirmity, go in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of infirmity, go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cancer, cancer, go, cancer, go, tumor, go. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Everybody pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Be healed right now, be healed right now, be healed right now. Tumor strength, tumor strength. Tumor go in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be healed right now. The God who was and is to
people are praying for those that are sick. How many of you have challenges in your life apart from sickness? Maybe you're in a financial debt. Maybe you're facing the possibility of a bankruptcy. Your business is struggling. Maybe you're here this morning and you need Jubilee to happen for you. You need Jesus to really set you free that every debt is cancelled that you can have financial freedom. Maybe some of you are here today and your marriage is going through a challenging time. Maybe you need a miracle in your home. You need a miracle in your relationship. You need a miracle in your job, in your future. How many of you today, you want on this day to be believe God for a year of Jubilee blessing upon your life? That this will be a time of your promotion, of your elevation, of your possession, of your dominion over the every battle in your life. How many of you need a miracle? When I count to three, put up your hands. One, two, three. Lift up your hands all over this place. Alright, let's just all pray together. Let's just all pray together. The place of agreement is a place of power. I'm going to ask you just pray in tongues just for a moment. Everybody, just hold your neighbor's hands. We're going to pray together right now. The place of prayer. So I want you to engage your heart. All right, everybody say out loud. Say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is my jubilee. Today is my jubilee. Every debt is canceled. Every debt is canceled. I'm free from financial burdens. I'm free from financial burdens. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Jesus, you're my supplier. Jesus, you're my supplier. Jesus, you're my deliverer. Jesus, you're my deliverer. Every battle in my life. Every battle in my I will have victory. I will have victory. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every false accusation. Every false accusation. I shall condemn. I shall condemn. This is my heritage. This is my heritage. As a, as a child of God. As a child of God. As a servant of God. As a servant of God. Because of your righteousness. Because of your righteousness. Satan in Jesus' name. Satan in Jesus' name. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. Get out of my family. Get out of my family. Get out of my home. Get out of my home. Get out of my ministry. Get out of my ministry. Get out of my future. Get out of my future. Pray for your neighbors right now. On your left, on your right. Jubilee, Jubilee. Freedom, freedom, freedom. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus.
Jesus Christ, give me a big clap right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.